Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. John 20, verse number 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark under the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They've taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they've laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen, linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. The napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went also that other disciple. This is John. He's he's just, you know, he's not one to name himself. So he says, that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again under their own home. Now I want you to notice Mary went and told them but they outran Mary all the way back to the tomb and then they left, went back home. Mary finally makes it back. The Bible says in verse 11, Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, I'm sorry, I'm going to share it with you in a minute. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, If thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. Go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord that he had spoken these things unto her. I want you to look with me. Verse 16, Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. We've got just a couple of more weeks as we've been looking at the events that took place after the resurrection. Next week we'll be moving to Acts chapter 1 and then Pentecost Sunday we'll be on Acts chapter 2. But today I want us to zero in, if we can, on this verse, verse 16, where it says, She turned herself. I want to talk to you for just a little while today on the thought, Turn unto Jesus. Turn unto Jesus. Would you just turn to your neighbor and tell him that? Turn unto Jesus. Turn unto Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. Thank you that it is a living word, a real word. And I ask you to let it come alive right now in this moment. I stand, Lord, with all humility. I can't preach this word without the anointing and the unction of the Holy Spirit. God, I know there are lives in this place that are being weighed in the balance. 
I know there are those that are here, Lord, that have come today maybe to be with Mom. Lord, you have ordained this moment for them to be here and hear the truth of your word. So I ask you, Lord, to let their ears be opened right now. Let walls begin to come down right now. Let their heart become tender and receptive right now. And speak in this moment, Holy Spirit. God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. God, that they will not, we will not leave here like we walked in, but we'll leave knowing that we've had an experience with you and our lives will never be the same again. Come today, Lord. Let your word come alive and we'll give you praise for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. For you see, to tell two or three folks again, turn unto Jesus. Turn unto Jesus. Amen. I want us to look at this passage passage here in John, if we can. And as I mentioned, you know, we're continuing this adventure talking about the 40 days that took place after the resurrection. And today, we're going to look at Mary Magdalene. I know that we got some, we have to endure this because we want our babies to have a great time. So y'all just overlook it. Today, we look at Mary Magdalene. We find that this This lady called Mary Magdalene was actually a woman from Magdala. And she was, oftentimes she was actually just called Magdalene. We see as we look in Scripture, there were numerous Marys. There was Mary, the mother of of Jesus. Mary, I think there was Mary, mother of James. Mary of Bethany. Mary of Magdalene. Mary was a popular name back in that time. And, And this particular Mary, she was a strong, devoted follower of Christ. We find when we look through the scripture that she was, she was the one, she was actually one of the first ones to the tomb on the third day after Jesus had risen and she was the first, one of the first ones to discover this. We see as we, as we look here, even in this chapter, that she was actually the first one that Jesus appeared to after the resurrection. What a special thing. She no doubt had a special relationship with Jesus. We find this because he had so powerfully changed her life. In the book of Luke chapter 8, the, the, the Luke actually writes in the gospel of Luke and tells us that Jesus had cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. Can you imagine that? What a transformation had to have taken place within her life because she went from this place of such bondage and stronghold and turmoil because of demonic powers to a place of deliverance, a place of freedom, a place of surrender in her life under the Lord. Imagining that pain and bondage for so long in her life and then this transformation, I believe it's easy for all of us to see and many of you in this place, even all of us that, that, are, that are saved, born again, bought by the blood of Jesus, that remember before you got saved the life that you lived. Aren't you glad that Jesus loved you and forgive, for, has forgiven you and washed those sins away? Anybody thankful for that? If you are, would you give him a great big hand clap of praise today? Luke chapter 8 also shows us, and, and Sister Becky, would you go ahead and hit that one? Bring, go ahead and bring the house lights back up because I can't see. I want to be able to see some facial expressions in here, and I know I'm the one who told you all, let's try that. Luke chapter 8 also shows that Mary Magdalene was named among the many women that traveled with Jesus. 
several women that are mentioned, but she is uh, listed as one of these. And, and, and these particular ladies that were there, the Bible says that they contributed of their resources, their substance unto the Lord. They were key in supporting the ministry of the Lord. I, I believe this is befitting today on, on Mother's Day that, that we say thank God for ladies that are willing to follow Jesus and contribute of their substance, whether it be financially or their gifts or talents and abilities under the ministry of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, ladies, for giving of yourself as you do. You see, Mary, we find, though, as we read in this chapter, and just stay with me, got a little groundwork to lay. Mary was faced with some confusion and even misunderstanding as she was there at the tomb. In John 20 and verse 2, the Bible says, that when she goes to uh, verse 1, when she gets to the, the, to the tomb and she sees the stone taken away, she turns around and she runs back to the disciples, to Simon Peter, and she tells him, they have taken away the Lord out of, out of the sepulcher and we don't know where they laid him. Now, this is what you got to understand, is that Mary was hearing all of this gossip that was going on. Mary was hearing all of these things that, that were being said. Look at you folks up here. Mary was hearing all of this talk that was happening because the Jews had asked the Romans to place soldiers at the tomb because they were saying the disciples are going to steal his body out of the grave and say that he's risen from the dead. And so she knew these soldiers were there. She knew the stone was in place. She knew it had a seal on it. And when she gets there, her first thought was somebody has taken his body. She runs to the disciples in her confusion and her misunderstanding and she tells them and Peter and John tear out running to the, to the graveyard under the tomb and they get there and they see that Jesus isn't there. They see that, that is his, uh, uh, where, where his clothes are at and, the, and the, the napkin that covered his face and they see all of this and other gospels talk about him being told by angels, you know, he's not here, he is risen. But they turn around and they leave. They didn't think about Mary. Mary's back behind us. We need to make sure Mary's all right. So Mary gets there and we find she stands outside of the tomb and she's weeping. And she stoops down and looks into the... Now, this, I just found this humorous. I'm sorry, but I, I was reading this and I couldn't help but just find a little humor in it because she stoops down and looks in the tomb and in the tomb she sees two men in white. One sitting at his head, one sitting at his feet. And we find that they ask her the question, Woman, why weepest thou? And she responds and says, Now, I, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know any other way to tell you than just Mary was having a hard time here. She, you know, the, her confusion and misunderstanding had birthed this broken heart and broken spirit where she's standing outside the tomb weeping. And then here are these two angels and they say, Woman, why are you weeping? She responds and she says, hey, because they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they laid him. So if the two angels wasn't enough, she turns around and she sees, there's Jesus. And, and she sees Jesus and he asks her as well. She didn't know it was him. She sees him and he says, woman, why are you weeping and who are you seeking? 
And, and here Mary, it's, she's still not getting it. She supposes him to be the groundskeeper. She's getting a little agitated is what it sounds like to me. I mean, she's about to get turned sideways here. Y'all going to tell me where you laid my Jesus, you know. It's where she, she was getting a little stirred up on the inside. And she turns to him and she says, she supposed him to be the gardener and says, Sir, if you have borne him hence, tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. She said, listen, mister. If you have taken him, you tell me where he's at and I'm going to get him and I'm going to take him out of here and you ain't going to have to worry about him no more. I mean, she was, she was getting all confused, misunderstood, and now she was blind. She couldn't even see what was right in front of her. Isn't that how the enemy works? Isn't that what he does? He gets us confused in things. We get a misunderstanding about things. And then we get blinded to what the Lord is trying to say or, or to show us. We, we get to where we can't hear, right? I mean, there, here's Jesus speaking to her. And, and she didn't, in the first moment, didn't recognize his voice. She didn't know it was him. But then in verse 15, as he asked her these two questions, she thinks he's the groundkeeper. She gets a little turned sideways. See, Mary had allowed herself to decline into an overwhelming state of grief and pain. She had completely forgotten the Lord's foretelling of his death and his, and his rising on the third day. And in that same way, the enemy wants you in that same state of confusion where you have forgot the words of the Lord. You have forgot the promises of God. The enemy doesn't want you to understand the word of the Lord for your life and, and what his word says is yours. Rather, he wants you to forget. He wants you to misunderstand. He wants you to be confused. He wants you to be blinded by your problems, blinded by your pain, that it's all you can see is what's in front of you. All you can see is the problem you know and here now it, I believe it's worth pointing out that she did use that same thing that we hear a lot of times they say well they say right and here she's she's saying the same thing they have taken away my she didn't know who she was saying they have taken away my Lord see the enemy wants you to believe the voices and the lies of the world and the forces of darkness and be filled with doubt. How many of you know that there is an enemy that is speaking lies and deception, especially in these last days that we're in, and he wants you to hear the voices of all of that, the voices of the negativity, the voices of the doubt, the voices of the enemy. He wants you hearing all of that and be in a place of confusion. Look at the day and the hour that we're in, that our children are growing up in, that male and female, the enemy has blurred the lines where there's boys that don't know if they're a boy or a girl, girls that don't know if they're a girl or a boy, you're talking about a day of confusion that we're living in and it's just going to get worse in the days ahead. The Holy Ghost is not the author of confusion. So if there is confusion, it is birthed out of the pits of hell. Can we declare today that we're through listening to the voices of darkness? We're going to listen to the voice of truth. You see, Jesus asked Mary two questions. First one was, woman, why are you weeping? You see, Mary was crying needless tears. She was weeping for a crucified Savior. She was weeping for 
her bloody Savior that she had seen. She was weeping for a, the, the crucified Savior that had been taken off the cross, wrapped in, in grave clothes and bloody from head to toe, pierced in his hands and his feet, crown of thorns on his head, pierced in his side. She was weeping for a dead Jesus. She was weeping for a, a dead crucified Savior when standing right in front of her was her risen Lord. Are you hearing? me. He said, woman, why are you weeping? How often do we weep over things in our life when the Lord already has it under control? Did you hear me? When the Lord has already got the victory won, when the Lord has already overcome the devil, hallelujah, how often does the devil take us down the road and we're weeping and broken and overwhelmed in pain and overwhelmed in grief and fear and anxiety and panic and all these things, but but the reality is the Lord died, our Savior died on a cross and he bore our sins on an old rugged cross. He bore our pain on a cross. He bore our grief on a cross. He bore it all on a cross, but he didn't stay on that cross because three days later he got up victorious. He's a risen Lord today. Hallelujah. Got to thinking about the question that Jesus asked, woman, why are you weeping? And if we look in Scripture in the book of John, we find that Jesus stood at the grave side of Lazarus and he wept. Some have come to conclusions he was weeping because he was his friend. He was weeping because he was dead. I, I, after studying this out, I have to believe that he was not weeping because Lazarus was dead. He truly must have been weeping because of the doubt of the day. Because there were those that he had spoken and said, did I not tell you that I'm the resurrection and the life? And he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now he's saying, Mary, why are you weeping? Mary, I know I was in this grave, but I I'm standing in front of you now, Mary, why are you weeping? We find a couple of examples in the word of God where Jesus basically stopped the weeping. In Luke chapter 7, verse 12 through 15, it's the story of a little widow lady that her son died. And in this story, they were having a, in, in it, this account rather, they were having this funeral procession. And, and, and they had the, the young man in, in this coffin and, and they were carrying the young man out and to, to bury him and Jesus looks and he sees this little lady and, and, and he stops her and says weep not and then he lays his hand on that coffin and tells the boy to get up. Whoa, how many of you know you talk about stopping a funeral procession the Bible says that the boy sat up and began to talk now I don't know what they called them back in that days. I don't know the Paul bearers. I still wonder why they call them Paul I, I hadn't figured that I'm sure there's a, an actual technical meaning for them being called pallbearers. But there they was, Coco, and they were carrying him out to be buried. But Jesus stopped the procession and said, weep not and raise the boy from the dead. Can I tell you today, maybe there's something in your life that the enemy's carrying out to be buried. The enemy said it's over, but I've come to tell you today the resurrection and the life is in the room and he's saying you ain't got to weep any longer. He's saying weep not. Why? Because he's going to bring life back into it. Same thing we find happened to Jairus' daughter. Luke 8 and 52 and I love 
what the New Living Translation says. Jesus arrives there and they put everybody out of the room because there was a bunch of folks that was there. I don't know. It was a bunch of folks mourning and carrying on. And the New Living Translation says Jesus told them, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. They go to laughing at him and mocking him. But then he put them all out of the room and he stepped up and raised the girl from the dead. How many of you know today that there's not, there's no reason for us in the problems that we're facing to feel hopeless. There's no reason for us to be filled with doubt that we serve a God that is still alive and well. He is not taken back by your circumstances. He is not scared of your storm. He's not worried about the battle that you're in, but he is almighty God. He is the peace speaker. He is our king. And today, can I tell you that if you're weeping in fear, it's time to stop weeping because our God is on the scene and he's gonna turn it around in your life. Oh, I know there's a time to weep. Ecclesiastes tells us that. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. It's a place in the book of Jeremiah and I believe also Joel where it says for the priest, the ministers of the Lord to weep between the porch and the altar. There should be a weeping of our soul as we seek the Lord. But we find there should not be a weeping because of the attack of the enemy. Isaiah talked about it, others talked about it, and we find that in one place of Scripture, I believe Lamentations, he said, mine eye, mine eye runneth down. He said, uh, and he was talking about weeping, he said, because the comforter that should relieve my soul is far from me, and, and the enemy hath prevailed. Can I tell you today that the comforter, the Holy Spirit, he is in this place today to comfort whoever is in the middle of struggle, whoever is in the middle of battle, whoever is in the middle of difficulty, and I want to tell you that if you'll just turn to Jesus, the devil is not going to win in your life. Hallelujah. Can I say it one more time? If you will just turn unto Jesus, the devil is not going to win. Help me, Lord. You see, Job wept because of his loss, his grief. Job 16 and verse 16 he said, mine eyes are red with weeping. Dark shadows circle my eyes. He knew what it was to have pain. But Job would never open his mouth to speak against God. You see, weeping comes in our times of grief. It comes when our hearts hurt. It comes when we're overwhelmed. It comes when fear invades. It comes when our emotions get the best of us, when we feel hopeless. The children of Israel knew what this was in Psalms 137, verse 1 and 2. Well, the Bible says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. You see, it's time we come to a conclusion in our hearts and in our lives that there may have been a crucifixion, but three days later there was a resurrection. And can I declare that over your life today that maybe there has been a crucifixion in your life. Maybe you've been in the heat of the battle, the thick of the struggle. Maybe you have been in the fiery furnace. Maybe you've been in the lion's den. Maybe there has been a crucifixion. But can I declare over you today that there's about to be a resurrection 
happening in your life. You're not going down. You're coming up and going over. In the mighty name of Jesus, it's time to stop weeping over it and it's time to start rejoicing that your God is bringing you out of this. He's turn- we serve a turnaround God. I don't care what the devil told you. The devil is a liar. It's time to turn the weeping into rejoicing today. Hallelujah. Isaiah 65 and 19, the prophet spoke the words of the Lord and he said, and I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. Listen now, listen. And the voice of weeping shall no more be heard in her nor the voice of crying. Haven't you wept over it long enough? Haven't you been down over it long enough? Hasn't it had you burdened down long enough? Hasn't the enemy beat you up with it long enough? Oh, I love what Psalms 30 and 5 says. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Oh, turn to your neighbor and tell them good morning. Hallelujah. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Glory to God. Then he asked her, not only asked, he not only asked her, why are you weeping, but he also asked her, who are you seeking? You see, Mary was at the tomb with good intentions. You've heard it said the road to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. Good intentions aren't good enough. Mary was seeking a dead Jesus. In Luke 16 and 1, it shows us that they were bringing spices to anoint the dead body of Jesus. I believe we got to give them a little bit of credit because they had never seen nor heard of any type of miracle taking place such as this where someone rises from the dead themselves. See, I believe today as well, the question must be asked to each of us in this place, who are you seeking? Who are you seeking? Well, your, your good intentions, remember, they're not good enough. Well, I'm a good person, pastor. It's not good enough. I, I, I give good offerings. It's not good enough. See, who are you seeking today? See, the reality is this, that we must be at the same place of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 and 10, where he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Can I tell you today, I'm not seeking religion. I'm seeking Jesus. I'm not seeking popularity. I'm seeking Jesus. I'm not seeking wealth. I'm seeking Jesus. Are you hearing me? I believe today that if there would be a revival of people that will seek the Lord, what did Jeremiah say in speaking the words of God? He said, seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. I'm not seeking a dead Jesus. See, that's what the world wants to tell us is that our, our, our gospel is no different from any other religion. All these other religions have some type of element in it that seems to be a similar common thread. Sounds like deception to me. But can I tell you today that our Jesus is different 
different from a Muhammad. Our Jesus is different from a Buddha. Our Jesus is different from a Confucius or a Hare Krishna. Our Jesus is different today because although he died a bloody, gruesome death, our Jesus, according to Revelation 1 and 18, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. Can I tell you today, the reason I believe God wants to work miracles in your life is because Jesus died and rose again to make it happen. I don't care how big the devil is, you're staring down. Our Jesus rose with the keys of hell and the grave. Hallelujah. Heard Jim Rayleigh say, I don't know why we're so scared of the devil. He don't even have the keys to his own house. <laughs> Who are you seeking? Are you seeking some kind of, well, I'm going to say it anyway, some kind of sissy excuse of a savior? Are you seeking some kind of comfortable religion where you can slip in and slip out of a relationship with the Lord anytime you get ready? Or are you seeking a risen Savior, a risen Lord today who that gave his all for you and it's time you give your all for him. Oh, hallelujah. Who are you seeking today? Well, I'm not talking about just seeking him on Sunday. I'm not talking about just seeking him at Easter. I'm talking about you want a red hot relationship with Jesus day in and day out, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You get up in the morning and talk to him. You go through the day and talk to him. Before you lay down at night, you talk to him. You're seeking Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We move just a little further. We find something happened. Look, here, look there with me. Remember, she turned around and got a little turned sideways, Fausty. Turned sideways, listen, talking to the gardener and said, and said to the gardener, hey, listen, sir. I don't know if she had sleeves on. I imagine she'd, I can just see her pushing her sleeves up on her forearms like, let me tell you something right now, mister. You ain't seen me break bad till you be hiding my Jesus. She, she acted like she was, a, she was a little turned sideways there for a second because she was thinking they've taken him. Then all of a sudden, Jesus called her name and said, Mary. See, this changed it all. Because when he called her name, she recognized that voice. How many of you know his voice? Ooh, I feel you, Holy Spirit. His voice changes everything. Can I say that again? His voice changes everything. <laughs> See, I believe, I believe that he wants you to hear his voice today because he's calling your name. I know we got a lot of names in this place today, but on the count of three, I want you to say your name out loud. Would you do that? Ready? One, two, three. Jesus is calling your name. He's calling your name. He said, Mary. Mary was turned away from him. 
Mary was filled with grief and pain and overwhelmed on the inside. But when she heard him call her name, the Bible says she turned herself. His voice changes everything. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8, it was the voice of the Lord that walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. We find from Acts 7 verse 31 that it was the voice of the Lord that spoke to Moses from a burning bush and called him to rise to the occasion to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we see where it was the voice of the Lord calling unto a young child named Samuel in the still of the night to raise up a prophet for Israel. In Psalms 18 and verse 13, it says that the Lord also thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice. In Psalms 29, and I'm going to read this, this particular passage from the New Living Translation, verses 1 all the way down through the end of the chapter. Listen. A psalm of David. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of, ho of holiness. Listen. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The, vo the, the Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone shouts glory. The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Can I tell you today that there is still the voice of the Lord on the earth today? And I'm thankful that he's calling us by name. Oh, hallelujah. If you're not saved today, He's calling your name to repentance. If you're sick in body, he's calling your name to be healed. If you're bound by something, he's calling your name for deliverance. But I want you to lean your ear into the heavens because he's calling your name and his voice changes everything. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Isaiah 6 and verse 8, prophet Isaiah answers the call of the voice of the Lord, whom shall we send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, Lord, send me. Isaiah 30 and verse 31, Isaiah declares the enemy there named the Assyrians. He declares the enemy, I love this, will be beaten down by the voice of the Lord. How many of you ready for the Lord to show up and do a beat down on your enemy? Come on. <laughs> Whoa, would you turn and tell somebody God's about to do a beat down? Hallelujah. <laughs> the voice of the Lord. Joel chapter 3 and verse 16, and I love this. It says that the Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. 
and the heavens and the earth shall shake but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Oh can I tell you what I'm looking for the Lord to do at Cross Point Church? I'm looking for him to roar out of Zion and utter his voice. Can we declare it today? I know the devil's running his mouth but I think I hear the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Ah, I think I hear the voice of the Lord. Revelation 1, John the revelator said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And he was saying, I am Alpha and Omega. Glory to God. Ah, ah, the voice of the Lord. See, Mary had to quit listening to the voice of the world that said, oh, he ain't gonna rise from the dead. Somebody's gonna break in there and just steal him. That's what was in her head. That's what was in her mind. Somebody's just gonna take him. Oh, she, she was staring Jesus right in the face, but all she could hear was the voice of the enemy. God help us that that's not where we're at in our walk with God, that we're, we're loving on him and we're trying to serve him and we're staring him in the face, but the voice of the enemy is what we're hearing. Well, can I tell you, you need to tell the devil to shut his mouth, amen? I said, tell the devil, oh, pastor, you shouldn't say shut up. I said, tell the devil to shut up in the name of Jesus, amen? Why? Because the Lord is right in front of of you and he's calling your name and his voice is in your ears today. Hallelujah. The voice of the Lord. We find that when she heard her name, she turned herself. She turned herself. You see, there's so many folks that want to put all the blame on the Lord. They want to put all the blame. If God would do it, then I would do it. No, no, no. See, there's a, a place in your life that you have got to make up your mind. You're going to turn away from this world and turn to Jesus. It's called repentance. And, and, and you can live a life deceived. And you can live a life, a life believing all the lies of the world that'll tell you, well, God just wants me happy, so this is the life I'm going to live so I can be happy and folks are going to die happy and end up in hell. When the reality is the Lord is calling for some people today from the youngest to the oldest, male and female, calling for some folks today that will turn unto Jesus. There are even those in this place today perhaps that you used to be in relationship with the Lord, but somehow you turned away from the Lord and you turned towards the things of this world and that's where you find yourself today. But I want to ask you this question, isn't it time for you to turn to Jesus? See, the reality is this, that in order to turn to Jesus, it means you have to turn your eyes away from the things of this world. You've got to turn away from sin. You've got to turn away from doubt and fear and hindrances and addictions and bondages and even perspectives and perceptions of this world. You've got to turn fully unto the Lord. There are some in this place today. That and even even at the altars just a little bit earlier, and I don't know, I don't want to upset her by me sharing this, but I want to, Sister Teresa, I want to share your testimony that she's one year sober today, Hallelujah, and serving the Lord. Well, would you hop up on your feet and give the Lord a hand clap of praise for her that she's one year sober today? Glory to God and living for Jesus. Hallelujah. 
glory, glory, glory. There's those like Sister Teresa and like Sister Jennifer that is hugging her and others within this room that you can look back at where you were at in bondage and and you can look back, Sister Sam back there as well, you can look back on where you was at in bondage and you know that if you have not fully turned to Jesus, you would never have made it. Sister Tyler as well. If you hadn't fully turned to Jesus, you would not have made it. You, you, you couldn't try to hold on to the world and hold on to Jesus at the same time. It just doesn't work. An old-timey preacher, and I've quoted it many times. I'll quote it probably till the last day I preach in the pulpit. But I can tell you, tell you this, and hopefully if the Lord tarries, I'm, I'm believing I've got a good 30 years left in me. But the reality is this. Brother Marty Mears said this. I don't know, baby. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Brother Marty Mears said this. He said there's a plumb line in God. You're either plumb in or you plumb out. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. You, you can't hold on to the things of the world and think you can hold on to God. You can't hold on to that sin and think you can grab a hold of a holy God. You, you can't do it. It doesn't work. you got to turn away from it. She, Mary turned herself. She turned herself away from all of the doubt, all of the pain, all of the heartache, all that was going on. She turned When she heard him call her name, she turned fully to Jesus. See, the reason that some folks are finding that they're not able to serve God like they somewhere in their heart they want to it's because they're not willing to turn away from the things of this world repentance is crucial you can't serve God and serve sin and the world at the same time I know that's not a popular message some folks just turn me off if you had a remote you'd mute me right now but the reality is this I want us to make it to heaven together and James said a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve sin. I want you to know I believe God is calling today in this sanctuary for some folks that will say Jesus gave his all for me. I'm through doing it halfway. I'm going to serve him with every ounce of my being. I'm going to love him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. So you got to turn unto Jesus. Turn unto Jesus. Turn yourself away from this world to your Savior. Come on. You know, today, some would say, but Pastor, I'm trapped in this. I'm trapped in this life that I'm in. I'm, I, I, it's all I've ever known is this bondage. It's all I've ever known is this addiction. It's all I've ever known, and I, I'm trapped here. I'm going to tell you that's a lie from the pits of hell. I don't care how far you've gone in it. I don't care how deep you are in it. I want to tell you that there is a, a, a God today. Matter of fact, the prophet Isaiah said that his hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, neither is ear heavy, that he can't hear right where you are. He'll reach down his long Galilean arm unto you and pull you up out of that pit of clay that you're in and he'll save you to the uttermost. Oh, you just thought you knew what it was to get high. Oh, you don't know a thing till you get high on Jesus. Hallelujah. You just thought you liked to go out and get drunk in the world and the next morning hug a toilet and form Buicks. But can I tell you, you can get drunk on the Holy Ghost and the next morning you wake up with a greater joy in your soul than you went to bed with. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care how deep you are in it. There is a Savior that'll reach down where you're at and pull you out. 
you got to turn into Jesus. Got to turn to him. You can't do it halfway. It'd be right. You got to turn to Jesus. I like what happened. She turned to him. It doesn't say right here that she saw him, but we know she did. She turned to him and said, Rabbi, which is to say, Master. See, she had to take another look at Jesus. First time she looked at him, he was the gardener. <laughs> First time she looked at him, she thought, this is, listen, Mr. Groundskeeper. But now, Rabboni, Master, Teacher, she took another look. She turned, his voice echoed in her ears, Mary, and she turned to him, and now she saw him. How often are we so consumed with our problems and our pain that we aren't getting a revelation of our Jesus? How often are we so consumed even with the things of this life and the things of this world? Maybe it is something sinful. Maybe it's a weight. Maybe it's something. That's, but it's keeping you from being able to see Jesus. See, I believe today we need another look at Jesus. I believe today we need a fresh revelation again of who Jesus is. Something happened here. When she saw him, we don't see it in Scripture, but it had to have been what happened. She was drawn to him. She moved towards him. Because he had to stop her and say, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father. He stopped her. This same chapter, though, you find he... The same day in the evening, he appeared unto the disciples right in the midst. Poof, Jesus appears. It says, peace be unto you. Ah, everybody's going to scared. Peace be unto you. Don't touch me yet, Mary. See, that is the reality, is that when we really have a revelation of Jesus, we're drawn to him. Because we see him for who he is. We see him not only as the Lamb of God, but the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We see him not only as the Alpha and the Omega, but also our Prince of Peace. We see him as our healer and our provider, our Savior, our Redeemer. We see him as our soon coming King. See, I believe today that when you, if you're willing to take another look, you're going to find that he's telling you, come closer. Come closer. James said this, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. When you take another look, you fall in love with him all over again. See, I believe that's what needs to happen in the church today. The church needs to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Did you hear me? See, there's a lot of churches, they're in love with their money. They're in love with their facility. They're in love with their prestige. They're in love with religion. Those are not hard to find. 
They're in love with their good services. The Lord's looking for a place today of folks that'll say, we're just in love with Jesus. A people that'll say, you know what? I'm in love with Jesus. What's changed about, I tell you, I, call, I had a revelation of who Jesus is and I fell in love with him all over again. I'm not, I'm not in love with money. I'm not in love with my career. I'm not in love with a hobby. I'm not in love with something that Scott would have me addicted. I'm not in love with a relationship. No, I am in love with Jesus. Lord, would you send a revival to the church again where we will fall in love with Jesus. Nobody, I have to beg you to pray when you fall in love with Jesus again. Nobody, I have to beg you to read your Bible when you fall in love with Jesus again. And here, are you ready for this one? Nobody, I have to beg you to come to church when you fall in love with Jesus again. Well, preacher, I got hurt in church, so I'm not going back. Shame on you for letting the devil win in that. Jesus didn't do that. Quit using that as your excuse. It's old. We're tired of hearing it. It's time you come to the place that you realize, recognize, admit, and own up to the fact that Jesus died for you. What are you doing about it? Why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Turn to Jesus. Take another look at it. Isn't he worthy of your worship? I said, isn't he worthy of your worship? And it's time you fall in love with him all over again. You see, this is what happened to Mary. She was drawn to him. And then all of a sudden, look there. Verse 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. She had to go and tell them, I have seen him. I have seen him. I saw him for myself. Peter and John, wait a minute now, we were there and, and we saw we saw where he was at. We didn't see. Well, Mary said, oh, but I did. I saw him. He called me by my name. Oh, I, I couldn't touch him yet because he said not to. Oh, but I want to tell you, he's not dead. Nobody stole his body. They had took him somewhere else. I'm telling you as good as I'm standing here in front of you and you can pinch me. I'm real. I'm telling you, I saw Jesus and he was a Alive in front of me. I've come to tell you that they crucified him, but he got up victorious over that. He's rose again. <laughs> See, that's what God wants to do in our lives. That we don't have to go and say, well, mama said, or daddy said, or the preacher said, no, we can stand right there on our job and tell somebody, I'll tell you why. I know that the God that God is real because one day I knelt down in an altar. I was a dirty, rotten, ranked sinner on my way to hell, but Jesus himself reached down into my life. He forgave me of my sins. He came into my heart. Oh, he become my Lord and Savior, and every day he's with me. He walks with me and he talks with me. I'm not I'm, matter of fact, I think I feel him right now. It's time there's a burning testimony in you again that Jesus Christ is alive and well. Would you stand with me? A burning testimony was ignited in Mary. 
we get our musicians and singers all up here? Come on. I want y'all to do that song. out of this place of weeping Bryce now she was in a place of victory so we don't see or read what happened to Mary after John we don't we don't see anything there beyond John nothing in Acts not, nothing in, in the epistles of Paul or Peter or James or John we don't see anything else about Mary Magdalene There are a lot of speculations. Some historians tell different things that happened with her. But if nothing else, she's in the Word of God for you and for me because you know why Mary was human. She was broken. She was bound, and the Lord delivered her. She was hurting, and she was grieving, and she was distraught and depressed. And the Lord cried out and said, Hey, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Today, I don't know the pain that you may be in, but I want to tell you something. There's a healer in the house today. The devil was defeated in Mary's life. She become the one to take the news of the resurrection to who would soon become the 11 apostles. She was the one she turned herself she turned to Jesus John did say in 1 John I believe chapter 3 for this purpose was the son of God manifested revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil I'm going to tell you something there's no devil greater than the God we serve so today I want you to know something No matter what road you're traveling down, if you'll turn to Jesus, if you'll take another look, He wants to reveal Himself into your life today. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about finding religion. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus. truth is down on the inside of you you know you need him you know you need Jesus hallelujah I believe today if you'll turn to him he'll meet you with arms open wide saints of God I need you praying Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment, this conclusion of this message. Today, Almighty God, I'm inadequate.
I'm unable. So I call on the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God, to do what only He can do. Arrest the hearts of men and women and young men and young ladies in this place. Apprehend them right now. I call on the Holy Spirit to bring conviction of sin for that one that is living in sin that is on their way to a devil's hell. Lord, that you will begin to put your finger on it and you'll begin, Lord, to tell them, draw them, pull them towards you. That one, Lord, that is hurting on the inside, broken on the inside, overwhelmed on the inside, bleeding on the inside, distraught on the inside. That one, weeping outside of an empty tomb, Lord, when you're standing right there with them. Lord, if they'll just turn themselves around, let them see you today. Let them see you today, Jesus. God, that one that is filled with such anger on the inside because of what they've been through, that one that is filled with such rage on the inside because of what was done, Lord, draw them today to this altar. That one, Lord, that strayed away from you years ago and is backslidden away from you and is in such deep bondage, confused and blind. But Lord, somehow you brought them to this house today. God, not by accident, but on purpose. God, let their eyes be open right now in this moment in the name of Jesus. Let them turn unto you. Oh, that one, that husband, that wife, that has talked about, well, we want to be more faithful. We, we want to get in church. And we want to do this. We want to do that, Lord. But time is ticking. And they may not have tomorrow. God, draw them together to a place of surrender and turning unto you. I ask you, Almighty God, right here, right now, put the exclamation point on this message. Lord, you are our risen Savior. Lord, you love us. And you said, whosoever will, let him come unto you. Lord, let there be some whosoevers that have surrendered to you today. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. I want you to open your eyes and look at me fixing to do something that's brave on my part. Preachers don't want to do this because if nobody comes, it feels like a failure. And I'm going to tell you, I'm only going to fail in this if I don't do it. So I'm going to do it this morning because it's going to take you being brave and you being willing to step out yourself and say, I'm tired of living like I'm living. I'm tired of acting like I got it all together. I'm tired of the, of the torment on the inside, the pain on the inside, the problems on the inside. I'm ready today to surrender unto Jesus. Some are already coming. So today with eyes open and heads up, nobody looking, nobody, nobody's heads down or eyes closed. If you're here today and you'll say, I'm ready to turn to Jesus. I'm ready to turn to Jesus. I want you to begin to step out and make your way down here. 
step out and make your way down here. Haven't you done it your way long enough? Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of surrender. Would you come now? Would you move now? Oh, he's calling you today in love. He's calling you today to step out. You're not promised the tomorrow. That's not just the word we speak. I'm telling you, it's truth. You could die in an automobile accident on the way home this afternoon. Yesterday afternoon, Pastor Hayden and myself and Sister Courtney responded to an accident just down our dirt road. Three teenage boys that lost control of their car went through a barbed wire fence and missed a tree by about 18 inches. And we, Pastor Hayden and myself, took time to tell those boys, we hope you realize God had his hand on you because that if, if y'all had hit that tree, someone could have died right here. Listen to me. You've had many opportunities and you've turned it away. You've had chance after chance after chance and you've turned it away. What if this is it? What if there are no more opportunities? Are you going to squander this one? Or are you going to say, I'm t it's time to surrender. It's time to give it all to Jesus. It's time to turn unto Jesus today. Now is the moment. Today is the day. If that's you today, I want you to reach over, grab your neighbor's hand, and I want you to ask him, will you go with me? Go with me, and I want you to step out now. Step out now and begin to walk down to this altar and let's surrender unto the Lord. Let's turn unto Jesus right now. As they begin to sing the choruses, shout Jesus, shout Jesus. I want you to move now, move now, and join these others that are in this altar. Come on, now's the time. Saints of God praying. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.